Hey everyone, this is Amy Steele, also known as Ginny, from Friday the 13th, part two. And when I'm not studying up on child psychology, I'm listening to the Nightmare Junkhead podcast. and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that has always trusted the instincts of animals especially when it comes to detecting evil my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode our look into tiny terrors continues as we head into the kind of suburbs to examine 1993's the good son and whether or not you're into dummy play, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your boat hole. <laughs> and if you're boating out on the social media, uh, you can dock with us over on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and homemade shenanigans. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, December 10th, if you head over to screenland.com, they have your homemade shenanigans taken care of indoors, outdoors. Oh, not outdoors. No, and it's too cold. Oh, there's it's a nip too in the cold. air. Because see, I think it got confused because I said bolt as opposed to bolt hole, not as boat. Or boat and hose. Right. As okay. in bolt, as in, and then that's a homemade because he made the thing. Because I'm still on that fucking thing in this movie. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. But also, technically, shenanigans and virtual shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to get as, as weird as we are having a good time as we're having this, that sounds like that's something up your alley. Uh, as this episode release is releasing, that Friday, we're holding. Technically, our our seventh right Nerdoween. It's the most second most wonderful time. No Christmas with the wow. We are all Where over are the you? place. We, you, I'm my all friend. over the place. God damn, Nerdoween was just a, only a few months ago. We we are uh, Christmas with the nerds. Christmas I was, with the nerds. There I was it is, thinking. My I was thinking of the song, and then I was like, no, it's not the Nerdoween song. It's the most wonderful time of the year. So I got my. Yeah, Henry has got your hackles all up. That little shit, goddamn. We'll we'll get to him, we'll get to him. (laughs) But on that Friday, we are indeed going to be showing three holiday? Holiday, yeah, yeah. Themed films. Yeah. The next time you're uh, you're with your relatives or your friends and they want to put on a Christmas movie, you know, a lot of them will go, you know, you go Die Hard or Lethal Weapon and we go- Oh, no, 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 we're going to go deeper than that. We're going to go way deep. In fact, we have- of the th- films we have screened before in the past, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Lynch's Everly. Well, great one. Uh, Invasion USA. I remember we kicked things off with the long kiss goodnight. Mm-hmm. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. And of course, San- Santa's motherfucking sleigh, man. Two times. times. Two times. Sorry, Bobby. Make it do. <laughs> but uh, on the uh, menu that evening, uh, we don't want to give away the films, but let's just say we've got a kind of action comedy. Mm hmm. A horror comedy, and then they drama, drama. Uh, yeah. with some punch, right? And, and a the, robot, 
and the <laughs> the lineup will not be revealed until we start screening the films. So hopefully you've got your tickets beforehand because I understand they were selling pretty quickly. Uh-huh. Uh, we are going to be in theater two, which is really nice because it's a little bit more intimate. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to run up and down the stairs, you know, when in pausing the projection and doing this and that. So that is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, looking forward to next Friday, we have our last Friday night fright of the year. Yep it's it's a it's a good way to go out because we're gonna celebrate uh, Christmas. We're giving it a happy birthday Christmas. A film that I was introduced to through Terror Tuesdays and our good friend Adrian Torres. Uh, but we are, and again, it's been awesome to kind of introduce it to other people but of course the french masterpiece dial code santa claus aka deadly games mm-hmm. aka the movie that home alone, alone kind of ripped off which it, is appropriate given the movie mm-hmm, we're going to be talking exa- about as well exactly this is this goes in the venn diagram this would be another good double feature yes it, oh yeah it would put it put it on the notes mm-hmm. down the line uh, but a great way to kick right before Christmas and yeah, why not see something about a crazy Santa Claus and the dangers of having public internet access? It's a good time and then some. Uh, but then the weekend of the tenth, uh, the other repertory screenings, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm excited for the Spider-Man movie despite my you know understanding. Your first one wasn't oh oh the I, well, the, I thought you were talking about the animated one, the oh, new Spider-Man with. Oh, Oh, I'm excited for the one, the live action one. Like, I'm looking forward far from to it. Home. It looks I'm, dope as shit. I'm looking forward to it. You know, plus it's got Willem Dafoe in it, and Alfred. Again, I'm I'm gonna have fun with it, but mm-hmm. lower expectations. Um, I'm really excited and looking forward to, and I'm hoping I don't get burned by the Matrix with the the Matrix Resurrections. Me too. And I don't know why I'm ex- so so excited. I'm cautiously optimistic. I know, I know, and I you usually, know? I'm going to go in with lowered expectations, and I'm going to be, I'm going to find, I want to go in, I'm going in wanting to love it, right? Right, because uh, it's, it's the Matrix and Keanu and all that. Well, and the thing is, because I, I saw the OG back in 1999 in the theater. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, Me you know, too, multiple times. Multiple times, and that is going to be screening this weekend, the, uh, the, the OG original on Saturday, and I'm going to be there watching it because... Again, just kind of a palate cleanser, and I, I like the sequels, but, but I don't I, love them. I haven't revisited them in a while. Yeah, and I remember having mixed feelings when they came out. Did you ever watch the Animatrix? I did. I did. I enjoyed that part one. one. Yeah, it's, yeah, there's really good stuff in there. Uh, that ex, that whole expanded universe. So hopefully, yeah, our expectations will be met. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, now another movie that is going to be bringing back to the theater that uh, had a first run. Uh, A24's The Green Knight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you catch that one during its run? I did not catch that one. And it's not necessarily my disdain for A24, because I don't have a disdain no, for A24. No. I mean, it's just but like... you know their particular aesthetic. Right. And, you know, I kind of like my uh, sword and sorcery, like high, fi- high fantasy and almost to the point of camp. You know what I'm saying? So... You probably wouldn't enjoy this one. Then. R- right, right. I actually dug it because I knew going in it was going to be one of those that's going to be a little bit more, not going to say pretentious potentially, but, but artsy fartsy. Yeah, and it works. Oh, and I want to I want to see it though because that fucking fox looks cute. 
chaos doesn't ring in this one and actually not a spoiler here but the the, the fox makes it out okay oh good yes because it ain't this movie no it is not this movie no good luck Speaking of Dial Code Santa Claus again, and this movie. Yeah, oh yeah, should be noted. Yeah, there's some animal warnings in Dial Code Santa Claus, yes. and there's some animal warnings heavier in Good Son. If you're sensitive to that for the following Friday on the 17th, beware, it may not be your cup of tea. Mm-hmm. We'll, and we'll be warning it's a plot people. Point. Yeah, we'll yeah. be warning people in the audience as well. I'm, again, this film is finding its way in the intro beforehand. Mm-hmm. Isn't there a booby trap set up here? <laughs> My goodness. You guys ready for a Christmas game? Well, speaking of Christmas and shenanigans, uh, 1984's Gremlins. I love that movie. We'll be playing on Sunday. Deagle, deagle, deagle. And just if you're a member of our film family, be on the lookout potentially for a little gift coming your way. Mm-hmm. And uh, the gift that keeps on giving is the Jelly of the Month Club. But of course, it is the weekly screenings of Christmas Vacation as well. Mm-hmm. That begins then on Monday. Shitter is full. And on Monday the 13th as well, Horror Roulette is back. Sweet. And the last time they uh, went on, Freaky played. Really? And it plays so well. Yeah. So well. That was that's that, a good movie. When we saw it, it was uh, that part of the Friday the 13th double feature. Mm-hmm. Played really, really nicely. Uh, now, of course, uh, if you do not live in the Kansas City area uh, and would like to support Screenland from afar, well, you can do that. Uh, you can go to ScreenlandOnline.com, where they have a number of films that you can rent, or you can become a member of their film family by heading over to Patreon.com slash Screenland. And amongst the perks of being a member of their film family are the variety of watch parties, which we do indeed host. Mm-hmm. We put together a little thing called the Shutter Shoutout. And our next one is actually falling on because we always try to do the last Saturday of the month. Right. And it just so happens. Mer- Merry Christmas, everybody. It's a Christmas miracle. What'd you get? Oh, I got the gift of nerds. What better way to say I love you than the gift of Shutter Shoutout? <laughs> So we're going to be streaming and watching two films on Shudder. And- you, know, you know what? Honestly, if you get a subscription, you know how they have the give a subscription things now for Shudder and whatnot? That would be a cool, like, you know, stocking stuffer accessory. Like, hey, since you got the gift of Shudder, here's, like, a link to these two jerks. And they're, like, showing you, telling you what to watch. Because, honestly, I was looking at, I'm in a lot of, like, Facebook forums and showing them that shit is daunting. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, everybody's like, what should I watch? What should I watch? What should I watch? And I always want to say, like, Okay, here it is. But, you know, because, like, sometimes you don't, don't know what you want to watch. And sometimes it's good to say, hey, here's some pre-programmed shit. You know, baby doesn't walk. Baby doesn't talk. We've been introduced to a number yeah. of films that have found their way into the very DNA of our show. That we never knew existed because of Shudder. And, again, we're not sponsored or paid by Shudder at all. They don't even fucking know we exist. We're the, the same time, like, we just fucking love it. Well, absolutely, absolutely. Now, of course... Uh, all of that is streaming on Shutter, and the two films that we're going to be streaming <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> what better way again? Celebrate the holidays with the later entries in the Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise. Well, and we're no stranger to the franchise. Mm-hmm. We actually did a commentary for it. Punish, punish. That was one of my favorite commentaries. You have mentioned before that it is a favorite of yours, but we're going to be going in. At least I am blind on both of these. Uh, we're going to be screening Silent Deadly Night 4 and 5. I'm going blind on these two. So they're both first-timers for both of us. Yeah, and 4 oh four is like a reunion, a, a, a reunion of society. Yeah. So it's like the North Pole Society. 
I'm I can't wait. I can't wait. And then part five is the one that Jiminy Jillikers. It oh. features our part 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 five features one of the biggest stars in the world. Pang Zoom, the world. And was one of the biggest um uh people against the original film just so against it and just oh my god it's fantastic lo and behold mickey rooney in silent night deadly night five the toy maker (laughs) (laughs) merry merry christmas everybody So, of course, both of those films will be streaming on Shudder, and that's how we'll be watching them. But by joining the film family over at Screenland, you're going to have access to some content that we put together that includes a customized pre-show introduction by a genius (laughs) and myself, a trailer reel for each film, and then, of course, the post-film discussion, Mm -hmm. of which I'm really curious to see... How these films hit us. Right. Because <laughs> I'm already going in with expectations. Oh. Ain't even going to lie. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I can definitely. I've seen my way through that. So, of course, to have access to that and a whole lot more, head on over to patreon.com slash screenland. But genius. Uh, hey, if we're talking film family and Patreon. A belly. We have, of course, put together our own little film family. And before we start giving our little shout outs and doing this and that. We just had one of those like life imitating art moments <laughs> where the films that we watch and you know the films that that we love and that we just watch over and over again how oftentimes occasionally <laughs> they happen tricks that's kind of like it's a glitch in the matrix maybe right the, the right j- deja vu somehow but we're getting ready to record. <laughs> when life imitates art. Oh, Lord. Or either that or we watch way too many horror movies. I'm going to say that. But it was just last year <coughs> that we actually did talk this film, or a few years ago. But we're getting ready to record down here in my in the basement. And door was cracked open a little. And Genius looks out. And he just kind of stares out for a second. And what did you say? I said, whoa, Greg, check it out. Your dog's Blair Witch in it. Right, because sure as shit, sure as shit, she's just standing in the corner, not moving, not like licking the wall, just standing like straight up in the crack with her nose in the crack. And no, and then when I looked, her nose was actually in the air as if right. she was looking up. At she's something. looking up at something, and her tail is going straight up, but she's not even moving. And the funniest thing is, is like I'm like, whoa, she's blur witching it. And you come over and you look, and you're like, your first reaction is like, <gasps> and then you turn around and put your back up against the wall, like, oh my god, whatever's there. I hope it didn't see me like you're just you know, I'm sitting there going what the fuck I'm not saying I had a moment of cowardice where <laughs> I realized like, I shrank back, back up against the wall just like <gasps> right and I well, thought <laughs> a part of it was I, I went back to get my phone because I wanted to chronicle this moment right because it was freaky. Yeah, it, it was. was freaky. It was creepy. I should have. I should have got a vision. I was still like transfixed. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on over there? Thankfully, we have no fo- photo- <laughs> photographic evidence of this because she Cause, was right. Because as soon as you just like, hey, hey, yeah. what's going on? But if she does it again and she starts blur witching it again, I'll log and take the picture because it was, it was off putting. Like, <laughs> yeah, thanks. I have to live here with her, man. Are you kidding me? I mean, I love. Well, I love Charlie to death. In fact, she was super cool with me for right there, you know, for a little bit. Majority of the screening, she did Mm -hmm. well. Well, it was really funny. The other day, um, I often lament that I'm now going to meet my fate uh, via probably mutant rednecks because we go off the trails or off we're hiking oh fuck all that noise well she really likes that. I mean, off our normal. That's where you're going to see a puddle of glowing goo 
what is that? And you got to go investigate. And like, it's like fucking meteor shit. I'm not going to be poking it with a stick. I've seen Good. enough films. But she enjoys doing that. And I think it's because of the, the wealth of smells and right. just because she's very adventurous. As long as you don't go keep walking and then you come across and there's like that fucking Blair Witch signal, signal, that means that's too close to like what's going on. At that point, you just turn around and go whatever. Fucking if you got to take Charlie Picker up, do it. There's a reason I'm right here right now talking to you. <laughs> I look out for those things now. I've spent the last five years with you, my friend. Like, there's a lot of your, the way you live life, it works with me now. So, needless to say, I'm always on the lookout for that. But I've enjoyed it. Just, it's been kind of fun. It's mm-hmm. seeing life through a new perspective. But the other day, we were going, I was, it was on a weekend, so I was going to try to take her for a longer walk. And we're going to the normal route that takes us through the disc golf course. I'm getting regional in my, my neighborhood here. Mm-hmm. And we're going to the, the hiking area and she's resisting. And a lot of the times if she's resisting, it's normally that she just wants to stay and smell for a little while longer. She was not smelling anything. Like tail down? Tail was, no, tail was not down between the legs. It was up. But she was just locked and anchored in place and was not budging at all. And had her just, she had like, she was, she was looking out for the predator. I swear to God. It was like, she was, she had that Billy stare. Uh huh. And I was a few times, a few times I was like, come on, Charlie, come on. And I was trying to, cause it's a long, it's a weekend. I want to take a longer walk. This is what we do now. Want some walking. <laughs> and G, two, G, I don't know which ones came up, but I was like, Hey, your dog knows Think about a horror film. If a dog doesn't want to do something. Doesn't want to go in there, don't do it. We mock people that then, that mock Keep, the dog, like, right? Come on, everybody, come on, let's go. And like, no, the dog, the dog is the always one that knows first. They're either barking at the killer saying, this fucker is bad, yep. or like, they're like, well, like, no, I'm fucking out. Yep. And I listened to the number two there, and it's like, there's a reason Charlie <laughs> doesn't want to go into these woods right now. We went and stayed on the street. And, Good. But the, the life you saved wasn't just your own. Good job, Charlie. But here's the thing, though, because I know that she can sense things. That's why that freaks me out even more when she's doing that in the corner. I damn well, Blair Witch. She, she wasn't afraid, though. At least, like she wasn't refusing. It's like she was like when you when you almost take the picture, you're like, "Hey, what's going on?" And so, uh, well, you know, and she did get to go to the park, so yeah. she's she got to roll roughhouse and run. Uh, but yeah, no, that's my Charlie story there. But uh, here uh, this month over on Patreon, uh, on Monday, we're going to be releasing this month's commentary, uh, the last commentary of 2021. Can, uh, shall we give? Shall we reveal the title? Oh yeah, might as well. From 1984, a film that I know I saw in the first time in the theater. Mm-hmm. I have a, a memorable first time viewing experience, and it's a film that have we actually covered on the main feed? I think we may have. I'd have to double go back and check. Regardless, I know we've done the sequel. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, the, the sequel made it to the final round. Fuck yeah, should have won. Uh, it lost. Uh, and see, see here, that would have been last year. That would have been actually no. So no, that came it was out Silence in, of the Lands. Wasn't it? Silence. That's right. Yeah, that's no, right. no idea. Had a good run. Yeah, it had a good run. But we'll be talking and giving a commentary on 1984. Joan Dante's. Gremlins. Mm-hmm. That's a fun movie. Improper, proper violence. It's some good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, that is uh, one of our top tiers. That is the uh, Another Time uh, tier. Uh, of course, if you just feel like giving a dollar, our Squidly Diddly tier, you can actually have access to 
the stuff in our Shutter shout out, mm-hmm. as well as my thoughts on Paul Verhoeven's uh, Benedetta. I want to see that. I saw the trailer for it now, and I want to see it, especially now, especially now that Screenland had picketers. Any movie that has picketers, you had my curiosity, and now you have my attention. And it was a bummer when I went through it. There were no picketers, but it proved a very interesting and kind of memorable experience because the people in front of me were decidedly younger. Mm-hmm. And we're really responsive to the movie in a comedic way. Oh, yeah. And the movie's funny. It's her and her toy. Don't worry. I don't think it'll come up too much if it does. <laughs> it kind of freaked me out for a second. It's her saying, going, guys, guys, evil's here. Evil's here. I've got to squeak at you. If she starts doing it in evil like- Evil squeaks tonight. <laughs> or if she starts doing like a little Morse code. <laughs> Needless to say, needless to say, um, they were really reacting a little over the top, I think. Oh, too muchery? And maybe kind of a, I'm, I'm gonna, I want you to see how much I find this stuff humorous, especially the more blasphemous stuff. Ah. And it was, here's the thing though, it was a little bit, I mean it was, it's a great film, mm-hmm. but it's not as naughty as you think it is. Rats. There's more fart jokes than you think it is than you might think there be. Oh, yeah. A lot of it. Um, there is some incredible Jesus scenes. I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. Again, you have to check it out. All you right. You have to check it out. Yeah. And, of course, uh, you can hear my uh, thoughts on a couple of Walter Matthau <laughs> films. Uh, weirdly enough, I did see two Walter Matthau films. How many podcasts talk about Walter Matthau? Not a lot. And... <laughs> Not enough, actually, because the films I watched, uh, Hopscotch and Charlie Varick. Charlie. Come here, Charlie. Charlie Varick. Both of them, when he's in his, like, four, he's in his 60s, actually, but he's still playing kind of a, uh, the man that the ladies still swoon for. He's a globe-trotting CIA rogue, (laughs) rogue CIA Uh agent in Hopscotch, and he plays a uh, bank robber on the run in Charlie Varick. Last of the Independence, genius. Oh, yeah? It, I don't know what the title meant. It was a self-proclaimed title. Such an... I still can't picture Walter Matthau as like this weird dashing sex symbol. They're, here's the thing. They're legit good. And I actually had... Uh, Hopscotch played at the Stray Cat Theater. I was there with four people, and I think it were three other appreciative people like myself. Because I, Walter Matthau? Walter Math... The Enthusiasts? I guess so. I mean, who comes out on a Saturday night for that? And it was kind of great. It was kind of great. So for our thoughts on that and a whole lot more, head over to patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead, where we do indeed have every tier from a squidly diddly to another time. Another place. Man, that's a roundabout way. <laughs> Barring, you know, tangents the here place. and there. It's like roller skating or like ice skating on thin ice. I think it's because... Ultimately, our theme this month, uh, the Tiny Terrors Killer Kids, it draws upon one of your kind of basic principles that scurry is scary. Right. The little kids are fucking scurrying around and being evil. So I think for the most part, the entirety of this month, you're already going to be on the edge. Mm -hmm. And we've also established that this is a genre that actually kind of genuinely gives you the creeps. Right. I mean, it does, because the kids are, like, it's evil. Kids. I'm not afraid of regular kids. I'm just afraid of evil kids. And obviously, we had a good time with 1981's Bloody Birthday last mm-hmm. last episode. Thank you to, again, Adrian Torres. Uh, but, man, the journey we take from 1981 to 1993. Because this one's classy. 
This one had like a big theatrical run and like one of the biggest stars. Oh, at the time. And it's, again, trying to kind of figure out where the really divide line is with a lot of the, our listeners in terms of ages and references. Mm-hmm. Cause we're going we're gonna to have a Billy Smith tree climbing expert <laughs> reference here that's going to blow your guys' mind. Yeah, we are. <laughs> because this film definitely explores a lot of things that I'm not going to lie. I'm glad this was a first time viewing for me, Genius McGee, because in 1993, Greg was having a rough year, especially this came out in September. I looked up the release date specifically, um, you know, and I've mentioned it before on the show, but I lost my mom that year uh, and I was uh, 16 or 17. So a little bit older than Elijah Wood in the film. Still. But man, had I seen that, it would have probably affected me differently and I don't know how I would have viewed the film. Oh man, because it opens up like it's fucking up. Just it's... sad. I mean, just sad. Well, from the get-go, I hear like, it, just like, man, this play should play with Relic. <laughs> I mean, no, it's just depressing. at the Because like, knock on wood, I haven't gone through that tragedy yet, but I know I'm going to, you know? So, and like, that's always, ugh, you know? It's a specter. It is. And so, and as the older we get, the closer that's going to be. So I can always sympathize and feel, and you know, especially because like, happened to at Mount Ball. Of course. So no, I, yeah. I, I feel. And so, but just open up with just almost like, almost Hallmarkian levels. And not to the point where you're like, this is cheesy, but at the point where you're like, oh my God, I don't know how much more I can take. Holy shit. And just right out the gate with sadness. With like, and I said, like, this isn't necessarily hospital horror, but it definitely shows the horror of hospitals. Well, should we even have to defend this entry here on a horror show because this is classy because this is like would you find this in the horror section genius uh would you find it in the drama you would find it in the drama section but and if if i if i was going by corporate blockbuster i would probably put it in drama but at the same time i would be hesitant to put it in in straight horror i would have like maybe Horror drama or drama horror drama first. Well, I think we've often talked about if you had your own place and you had your own because you I know in your place you have a squiggly diddly oh, section. Of course, of course, it's behind so, a beaded curtain. Where would we find the good son at your place, genius? Do we have to go through a beaded curtain? No. Oh, absolutely good. not. That's good. This is, That's good. This actually movie is pretty chaste. Yeah. I mean, there's really no body count. There's no real gore. There's a lot of like violence and there's a lot of implied violence and there's a curse word but like this would almost be pg-13 without a couple of things you know you snip out 30 seconds of it and you got a pg-13 movie well honestly i think even with a pg film especially in the 80s into the 90s you were still allotted i think at least one Mm f-bomb and it could be the 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 one that you say all the time or the that other one thankfully <laughs> right. and it's like Ugh. but thankfully we got the other one because when that f bomb gets dropped it's it's like kind of threatening and menacing but also like I remember seeing this movie in the theaters like so you saw <gasps> this Macaulay. in the, you yeah. saw this in the theater yeah oh yeah. lord because I was at the time in Macaulay Culkin it was like and I was like okay let's go see a movie. Well, and Macaulay Culkin probably hit his his peak in 1990 with Home Alone, mm-hmm. you know. But even before that, he had Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck was huge. Well, he was great in that, and I, it's been a while since I've watched Uncle Buck, and I've been kind of missing. I fucking love Uncle Buck. I've been missing John Candy. John Candy yeah. Jesus, was a national treasure. Yes, he was. Uh, but his, int- you know, he did a horror movie. Who John Candy? Mm-hmm. 
what's it called? Nothing but trouble. Just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. That's one that, you know what? Admittedly, yeah, you could call nothing but trouble horror adjacent. Absolutely. You know what you can also absurdly call it? We will call it not on this show. Not on this show. Not on this show. (laughs) That's one of those movies that's not for me. It is not for me. Right. And we are a podcast of positivity. (laughs) And I would positively not speak anything. I would talk of the wonderful effects work. I could BS my way. Listen, I could BS my way through it. If you wanted me to. He's just sitting there listening like, if you don't mind, I'm going to be listening to Digital Underground. <laughs> it's the same old song, genius. Right. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyway, no. This movie is fucked up. <laughs> so needless to say, from from those films when he was kind of a bit part player to Home Alone, mm-hmm. which he definitely, to um, his role in My Girl which is probably another one of those moments that did you see that one in the theater? Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm curious, genius. Um, given your your predilection for not theatrical laughing or right. you know, but how did you react when that moment happened? <laughs> it was all, it was kind of a mix between like sadness, like aw, and like you know when you when you're not when you think of something funny at a funeral, you're not supposed to laugh. It's just like. <laughs> You're supposed to internalize it, right? It's because I was sad because I was like, "Oh no, he died!" You know, no, I can't see with his glasses, right? And at the same time, I'm like picturing like Candyman and shit. And so, like, it just kind because you know the actually the same bees that they used to train the, the trained bees they had for Candyman were the same bees that killed Macaulay Culkin and my girl. And you could have learned all about that if you uh, subscribed to our Patreon where we talked about that in our Candyman commentary. If for more facts like this, read the book. But like, so, no. And so shit like that just kind of makes me giggle. And so I'm like... Well, that's because that's you, you cross your genres. Like, not everyone that saw Candyman also saw My Girl. Although I'm not, I'm hoping a lot of our audience would have, potentially. But to go from that then into 1993's The Good Son, when he gets to really have that kind of role where... It's the equivalent of... Where he can shed his good, yeah. It's the equivalent of like when some when when like a, a starlet leaves the Disney Channel and she makes her first movie. Like fucking uh, Selena Gomez's first movie was fucking Spring Breakers or some shit like that. Let me let me ask you, genius. Did you see that in the theater? No, I wanted to. I still have yet to. That's still and I've, I've seen, seen that. that. Good for you. Good for you. Now the true question is whether or not Dustin. <laughs> I'm sure he has it on Blu-ray, so <laughs> I might have to borrow it. I heard it's a great movie. Uh, it, well, it's Harmony Corinne, is it not? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've I haven't seen it. I mean, it's, it's fair. It's fair. I've I've got a weird relationship with his films. Uh, needless needless to say, needless to say, the cult of Culkin, as it turns out, is many because Macaulay is just was the first wave, right? Of he the Culkins. The tip of the Culkinberg. Uh, and there are so many Culkins now. Some still really prominent. In fact, uh, on pros, pros, procession, procession, succession. Succession? There's what? a Culkin there? Is it a, there is a, is a Kieran Culkin? I think so. I think so. Because there's like Kieran Culkin, and there's like Rory Culkin, and there's like Macaulay Culkin, of course. And there's like. Um, Prissy Cul- or Ollie Culkin. There's like whatever your flavor is. There's a Culkin for it. Absolutely. And 
at this point, though, in 1993, we really only had McCulley. With just a sprinkling of the others. Yes. Because it, it was always like we were talking about it. Like, it's kind of like Roaches, where there's one, there's always another. Somewhere hiding. So, like, no matter what movie, no matter what movie in his early in his career, like, say what you will about the Culkins. The, 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 the parents had that contract on lockdown. You know what I'm saying? They're like, okay, we'll let you have McCulley, but somewhere at least a, a featured extra is going to be another one of these kids. Every one of the Culkin kids had a SAG card. Yeah, I didn't have 31 of these for them not to be all famous. So, like, And I've never looked in behind the scenes of that because, as you know, some as many of you know, unfortunately he didn't really maintain the trajectory that he was on at that point. Although now we are getting a McCullizance. Yes, we are. Well, we're also at that point where people have had enough time to reflect, mm-hmm. and these stars have... They've grown up. Yeah. They've become adult human beings that thankfully can look back and understand. And laugh. Yes, have a sense of humor. Right. But also realize their true importance because at one point he was popular culture. He was huge. He was over there like dancing with Michael Jackson and fucking hanging out with Bubbles and like fucking doing all sorts he of shit. He was in the, because he was, it was, was it George Went was his dad in the video? In the, yeah, in the black and white video. Mm-hmm. And I remember when it was like, okay, the world premiere of black and white. And it wasn't even on MTV. It was like fucking Fox. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then it's like Michael Jackson. Yeah. So you, you had this moment now where he is breaking away, trying to put those sweet image roles behind him. He's making and, movies like Party Monster and shit. Oh, yeah. It's, I liked that movie. Oh, uh, Saved yeah. was Saved another was one. Saved was great. Saved you know, was great. And he's done some really interesting work beyond Home Alone. Mm-hmm. And again, even on uh, the Angry Video Game Nerd, it's one of the YouTube channels I follow, uh, they were doing the Home Alone franchise, and Macaulay Culkin guest hosted on the thing. Huh. It was really cool. I was like, and he was just, he he's embraced it. Yeah. So I'm glad that, we can look back because this was my first time viewing, but it's one I could have totally BS my way through a show I knew of. Oh, yeah. Evil Macaulay Culkin. It's the Evie Macaulay Culkin film. Yeah. And <laughs> I knew of the whole, you know, don't fuck with me. <laughs> but you don't know how sinister and no, it's delightfully no. sinister. He, he He's has, fucking evil in this movie. He has some line readings in this film that are downright terrifying yeah and he has some moves like a fucking slasher he has pulled he's mastered the effect of like slinking and just kind of appearing out of nowhere his introduction is straight up michael myers yeah it is with the mask yeah it is i didn't know that that's something i couldn't have i've seen that so every little bit like that that was a surprise throughout this film made this first time viewing that much better mm-hmm. because I agree this definitely probably wouldn't fall in horror in any other place, but it is horror enough adjacent. And just in terms of kind of the, the dread it's scary and yes. s- it's sinister throughout. Yes. Like again, there's no body count really. There's really no body count in this. Movie. Well, and we kind of mentioned it before, but if you are sensitive to animal trauma, yeah, there is animal trauma. Oh yeah. And like there's attempted of, animal trauma. There's a member of our film family that will not be watching this film. But fortunately, me. it's off screen. You yes. know, they don't show it, but they do show not even the aftermath. They show you, like you, you said before, it's classy. It's classy. This is a classy movie. Music by Elmer Bernstein. I mean, well, like from the get go with the score and the score from the like the movie definitely plays kind of in two halves. And I think it's when in both halves you have a different kind of score because from the get-go, 
when we were listening to it, we we're like, man, this is just jaunty and, and it, it looks like a sounds like a John Hughes. It came out with a John Hughes font. Yes. And I'm like, God damn. And then even later on, shenanigans, John Hughesy and shenanigans. Just very, very jaunty. Mm-hmm. But then when the thriller-esque stuff happens, when everything starts escalating. It gets fucking dark. It the gets, score changes, <laughs> yes. It's really, really dark. This whole movie is dark. This is a very dark and disturbing movie. Well, and I... It but be... not like like in the way of, like, I'm not, like, Serbian film. No, but no. But just, just something that's dark and disturbing. But this is just, you don't expect, because you're still thinking, okay, it's Macaulay Culkin, even though, like, he's experimenting. And there's that theme. There's that, like, synopsis going around that he grows up to be Jigsaw. This is the transition point. This is the connective tissue yeah, between them. Because there is some dark and violent themes that he's displaying in this movie. Well, many t- at, at certain points whenever he would's like I'm going to we're going to go somewhere. I think one of us would go now and I'm going to show you my, you know, collection of animals because he's hitting every single like list on like the serial killer to the point we were like, you know, it should be we need to talk about Kevin. We need to talk about Kevin, <laughs> Kevin McAllister. McAllister, right? He's doing the Kevin system. It's and it's like kindness, engage, and violate their trust, uh, incite, and then negate because he is gaslighting everybody in this movie. But it's fucking crazy. He does a proper good job of being super scary and sinister. And let's just say this: Macaulay Culkin is legit good in this film yes he is elijah wood is a good they're both fantastic in this movie because he just plays that petulant little shit if you if if we had our own personal drinking game of just every time you would just like that little little shit shit. right (laughs) from curtis to henry We've got like like the Mount Rushmore of little shits, killer kids. If you take the, if you just kind of like, you know how Conan O'Brien, like if they had kids, if you took all the kids from the from Bloody Birthday, you would have basically Henry. if you Cronenberg them, you would have Macaulay Culkin just not as quite violent. I mean, given the chance, I'm sure this yeah. is like the origins. Yeah. Well, and that's just it. Do you could could you consider this a gateway horror film? Yeah, absolutely. Do you think a lot of Macaulay Culkin fans who had never seen a horror film in their life, <laughs> be it, you know, anything, was their first introduction to horror? No, I hope, I no, I hope, like, maybe between the three years they would have, like, something assembled upon, but if they're, like, the hardcore Macaulay Culkin fans, I oh. think, like, <laughs> as soon as they hear, don't fuck with me. <gasps> It's it's great. It's just that moment of him growing up, and you know what? I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna be the level lovable scamp. Right. That's not my thing anymore. I'm gonna be the violent scamp. But it was still filled with shenanigans and playful <laughs> shenanigans. Even before the shenanigans took dark turns, it was like do 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 jaunty and happy and shit. And then dun dun dun. Well, the interplay between him and Elijah Wood, and I think this is like right after his little cameo in Back to the Future 2, and he's legit great in this as well. Mm-hmm. They're in, their whole, that first day of playing together, where they start climbing up to... That ladder, the, that fucking heaven all the way up in the clouds and shit. 
it was terrifying, and it almost was kind of comical. Where it's like, wow, they're they're still climbing. It's like they're it's like they're old the Batman in the sixties, and they're just going up this thing. And I'm like, fuck all that noise, fuck all that noise. That way high up there. And then he was even like, can you fly, baby boy? When he was just like, you know, what if I dropped you right there? You ever think you can fly? I'm like, goddamn, you psycho! Like off the off the get. And the fact that he just used his cuteness, like, oh, I don't know what he's talking about. He almost played dual roles here. Yeah, he did. I'm Kevin. I'm Kevin. Right? Because, like, he was just a master liar. It was just kind of fascinating to see him work. No, and that's just it. Seeing it, being it my first time seeing it, being caught up in the, um, you know, Macaulay cons or whatever that is, Mm -hmm. it was refreshing to see. And I can only imagine in 1993... Again, I would have had a hell... If I would have gotten past that first part, I would have needed him, his escalation, and, you know, my little... My older self would have rebelled. Yeah, don't fuck with me either, you know? <laughs> Look at me with my mullet, and I'm trying to be a, you know, metalhead here. So I can imagine a reaction to that, but my connection to him would have immediately, you know, and all that would have halted, you know, when the animal violence and everything got in, so... Man, that fucking thing made my jaw drop, because I haven't seen this movie since the theater. Yes. So, so it's almost like a first time viewing. For right. You. So a lot of this that is hitting you, it's like, oh yeah. I knew. Oh, yeah. I I remembered. I remembered the uh, the major ways. The general gist of like the pseudo dispatches. Right. Well, I even mentioned to you. I was like, do you remember the dummy? And you're like, oh, I don't think I remember the dummy. And I was but like, oh. I definitely remember the ice, and I definitely oh, remember yeah. the spoilers. The Sophie's Choice. Oh yeah. Oh, it's sh- the fact that there was any thought. Yeah, right, little shit. Drink. But like <laughs> But then like even even not besides Macaulay Culkin, we were looking at the cast and we we're like, whoa, it was David Morse. And then like <laughs> David Morse, one of our favorite that guys, who was part of the very first Nerdoween film. Uh, I, now you got me doing it. <laughs> Christmas with the nerds, uh, when we uh kicked things off with the long kiss goodnight. He's one of the characters in that film Mm -hmm. but he's perfect as the dad with his proto 90 kind of business mullet business mullet because it's like business in the front but big business in the back (laughs) dirty business and his his business has taken him away from the film unfortunately in fact he's very much kind of a cameo character in this movie pretty much you think he's going to be a major player in the beginning because in the beginning in the prominent in the gorgeous establishing shots of like tucson or wherever the fuck they're i'll get to get who shot that yeah it's there after that he's like okay buddy we gotta take care of each other because you know we just went through this gut-wrenching experience and then what's the first thing like hey you need to go to work you know, you need to get your mind off of things. It's like a two-week vacation two week, away. You know, you get to go to Japan, do this business. I'm like, God damn, dude. He just, he just fucking, like, his wife died, and now you want him to go work on business in Japan? Like, fucking take him, like, some bereavement leave, you know? And so, like, I'm just like, chill. But then he's, you think, like, okay, he's going to be a major player because, come on, buddy, it's me and you. And Absolutely, and I'm hoping he's going to be a major player. And when his name came up, I had that Bill Duke and Mandy moment, like, all right, it's 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 David Morse. Mm-hmm. But no, but no. As it turns out, uh, he has business in Japan, and always like to. Uh, as we also learned in the Candyman commentary, uh, what are sources if not for citing? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts, uh, the We Hate Movies podcast. Which one of the reasons I can I've seen that my way through this uh, movie was. 
they did an episode of it. Oh, nice. And one of the running jokes was the business that he was attending to in Japan, which inevitably I believed involved the Yakuza. <laughs> and needless to say, he was coming back minus a few fingers. <laughs> so I mentioned that, but then your mind immediately went to not oh, necessarily that. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. He's over there kind of like, because his wife just died. I mean, like, you know shenanigans abound but he's sitting there he's trying to function business while at the karaoke bar you know everybody's having a good time and he's over there kind of bummed out singing gypsies tramps and thieves right just like uh he's singing along but he's not going through the motions and then like you know what you're sad you need to go out and meet somebody and the next thing you know that two weeks turns into four weeks the next thing he hears so like that's where he's at the most of the movie he's tied up in a burlap bag and fed yak so like, <laughs> so in between bites of gruel he was able to get the phone calls in right i'm oh, coming Lord. for you buddy boy and then the safety word sheboygan and then he like gets out of the bag and then he goes back home it's 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 a it's frustrating <laughs> but at the same time though it kind of keeps you wanting and just like hoping that he this can gonna find a way and, yes and help and, and the rescue bad thing him. is like nobody fucking believes this kid like poor elijah wood and that's the worst part because as the escalations go and start continuing throughout he's doing what a rational kid should right he's saying no this is what's happening you guys don't believe me i'm trying to tell you there's something wrong with Kevin. Right. <laughs> excuse me, with Henry. We're going back he's to Kev, He's fucking Kevin McAllister. You were doing that throughout the film. It kept throwing me off. Because he's Kevin McAllister. I'm telling you, dude, Kevin McAllister turns up to be Jigsaw. This is the fucking proof. This is like fucking Exhibit A right here, right? Well, I cyber home alone. This is Exhibit B. <laughs> but like... Well, let's let's look at his uh, homemade crossbow. Fuck that thing. First of all, if he didn't aim that shit at animals, it'd be cool looking. Like, if he would have, like, you know, shot a couple of tires... Maybe I would even some bottles, some bottles. And if you wanted to shoot somebody, maybe a drifter. Because what are, you know, you know, you shoot drifters. I mean, so would this have been your chance to have Buck Flower in the film? The goddamn little shit. <laughs> it would have worked. It, it would have worked. worked. It would have worked. But Especially yeah. if when they're over there th- causing shenanigans, breaking down the window. Goddamn, I'm trying to sleep in this empty factory. Just coming out and all pissed off. Well, and that was the first introduction of the kind of shenanigans that brought the undue attention of the authority figures. Mm-hmm. And it's that chance for Elijah Wood's character to kind of connect with Henry, i.e. Kevin. they're bad shenanigans. I mean, yeah, they're, shenan- they're, they're basically vandalism. But at the same time, it's like, you know, not to say boys will be boys, but at the same yeah, they're kids. Kids do stupid shit and breaking out, throwing rocks at windows is a stupid thing kids do. It's pretty safe for the yeah. most part. Yeah, it's an abandoned building. You just got to watch out for hobos and rats. That's all you got to watch out for and you'll be fine. Yeah, uh, I I can't disagree with you there. But then the uh, the the shenanigans start escalating, and part of the escalations include bringing out said crossbow. Jesus! Now, back in 1993, genius, would you have cared all too much for a cat? I would have been like, eh. And I'm like, okay, dude, that's fucked up that you're going to use that to shoot a cat. But, like, you know, that's where serial killers do. So, needless to say, now watching that with the eyes that you have, the baggage you bring this time. My jaw dropped. And I said, you better fucking not. I was yelling at the movie. And he says, he's got, he's got this thing. And he's got, he's got this homemade fucking crossbow that shoots bolts. It shoots those big-ass bolts, like rivet bolts. It's huge. 
if he shot one of the random like drifters, he would do some damage yeah. to said drifter. And he's over there shooting, and he's <laughs> and like, "You're not gonna hit that cat." You, oh no, I'm just gonna scare him. And then he, I'm like, "Oh no!" And it's a cute kitty, right? Oh, and it was great because the moment the moment said cat walked into the picture, <laughs> I had to turn around because that I knew your reaction was gonna be no. I did. I was hoping everything was going to come out because I was preparing myself for the worst. Me too. But I was do. I wasn't even peripheral watching at that point. I was just watching you react. <laughs> Thankfully, my jaw was agape. I just remember like, you better, I'm gonna fuck you up, Kevin McAllister. I'm gonna fuck you up now. You know, don't, don't hit that. Don't hurt that kitty. And so, <laughs> Funk missed, and like a cat would probably have been like fuck and just like didn't give a shit and just scampered off later but at the same time he goes oh my sight's off and i'm like you asshole you're fucking aiming at that thing well and that's the 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 fact that they introduced the sight and the fact that it is off we are then introduced to another animal of the uh of our variety that we enjoy here in fact have you heard charlie in the background here uh, we find a dog introduced in this film, and this is where the animal trauma yeah. trigger warning comes in. This is where he gets the sights fixed. Yes, the sights are fixed on this poor little pooch who... The and moment, then down he, in the well. Well, and then we'll get to the well in a second, but the minute the pooch is introduced, I went back to uh, Stand By Me. Yeah. yeah Chopper, be, sick balls. Exactly, because at the same time, they're crawling, walking on the trail tra- or train tracks, been like learning, mm-hmm. becoming fast new friends. And shenanigans abound, and of course, you know, if they're getting into youthful shenanigans, they're going to come across the mean dog. Get off my lawn, you crazy kids! Every neighborhood had a crazy old man with his crazy old dog that would go out of its way to intimidate (laughs) and mess with you. Right. So, again, I get that. Shenanigans. Yeah, part of living where they're living, which is Maine-esque. Something, because they sure pulled off some pet cemetery shit later. Well, let's go. We trying to put it all together here. Let's talk about the well real quick. The well. In fact, there's a whole sequence to us getting to said well. Part of shenanigans too. They're running through it the was, cemetery. And it was part of the dog scene. So you have the dog scene, and then you have where? Oh God. Okay, no, it's not even that. Hold on. Where is it? Hold on, I've got like notes. I have like copious notes here. It's like no, ridiculous. No, so they're, so they're first introduced. And oh. he goes, "Hey, you want to go see my treehouse?" And they run up the crazy like stairway to death, and then running through that. Yeah, it was that first whole sequence, that first day, from the the treehouse hanging to the glass breaking, to the extended cemetery run. To then the introduction of the well. The well's in the middle of the cemetery. How fucking creepy is that? First of all, you're running through a cemetery that's asking for bad juju. You know, especially, <laughs> oh, especially Eric, for evil. Eric Draven said cemeteries are the safest place to be, genius. No, not if you're causing shenanigans. Oh, okay. Okay, if you're that's causing fair. shenanigans. And if it's an evil cemetery, there's evil cemeteries, right? You don't uh, want to go through evil cemeteries. That's fair. That's fair. But a well in a cemetery, that can't be good water because, <laughs> like... Think about it. If the water's coming from the ground, the ground is full of like decomposition and rot. And I might understand like people are just like science people are gonna be like, that's all decomposition and rot with the soil, but at the same time, you don't want it freshly decomposed and rot. The ground is sour, James. It is. So is the water. Sometimes filters Breta is better. Got to remember to change the filter, genius. That's the true magic of the Breta. There's too much rot in the harbor. There's no protection around said well as well. 
as well. I it's, know, right? It's like fucking. It's, in, it's inviting but, lawsuits and crazy ditch places for psychos. Exactly. Plus, between that and Bloody Birthday with the refrigerator, we're chalking, checking off another terrible thing in the 80s. How many fucking times did kids fall down the well in the like, 80s? Like fucking baby Jessica. And baby, baby Jessica. And then, like, the, there was another one and this baby this and baby that. And like, even now and then you'll hear like, oh, there's some kid in Guatemala fell down a well. And like, or some kid in Arkansas fell down a well. I'm like, goddamn, cover these goddamn wells. Well, and it's funny too because before we, before, you know, Kevin drops the f-bomb the first sign of true adulthood genius and true escalation and like a you know anti-authority because at the well he has his stash of smokes and we're like he's smoking he's a bad kid that's the first sign of trouble and i'm thinking like okay He's a bad kid, and he's smoking and all that. But that's a fucking terribly long way to go to get a pack of smokes. You'd think you'd be out of breath by the time you get there. That wouldn't be like the antithesis of what you're trying to achieve. Because it's like his secret stash of smokes, but that's all across town. You'd think you would find a closer place. I bet as he gets older, the place gets closer and closer until it just keeps in his pocket. But like you said, is that his stash of porn? Is that his stash? Because like, look what I found by the well. Well, Because that's my shit where you would find shit by, by the well. I assumed either pornography or the said stash of dead animals. Right. <laughs> we were surprised by cigarettes. So, hey, good job, good son, for surprising but us. But then at the same time, when he's intimidating Elijah Wood, he takes like three puffs and then he pisses and he gets all mad and Elijah Wood and throws a cigarette down the thing. And I'm like, first of all, you don't have that many. You don't have that much access. So your sources, your limited sources, you're, you're very limited. And then you have to cross town and get cigarettes. And what's the first thing you do? You take your two puffs and then you throw it down the well. That's fucking wasteful. I think more than anything, it's just a sign of power that not only can I waste this cigarette, but I also want to establish the depth of the well. He's establishing, yeah, the depth of the well and dominance. You yeah. just piss in the well and like fucking guilty well, and then he, stone. Well, he gives that whole speech afterwards as well. Yeah, talking about like death and dying and like, you know what? Maybe I'll like, I can do whatever the fuck I want because it doesn't really matter to anybody. He's really establishing himself and his character and almost like daring Elijah's character at this point. From the get, like the first time he's, they mean they're having lobster, like he kicks him hard as shit. And from, like, when Elijah's like, oh, yeah, I'll fucking kick some back. He's like, oh, wow. Well, okay. An adversary. Okay. A worthy adversary. All right, yeah. Which basically, like, just sets off this whole chain reaction of him playing chess at many points in terms of redirecting all of the adults and then, again, our second film involving possible poisoning. Yeah, that's weird because it's like, again, food lighting. Because, like, it was just like, don't eat the food. Don't eat the food. We should get that movie. Bloody Birthday, this movie, uh, Troll 2. Um, well, and then this isn't the first time this year we've, or was it last year when we watched the movie The Shed? Mm-hmm. Uh, we we're introduced to The shed. shed. Yeah. He's got a, he's got a tool shed of, like, implements of death and destruction. Well, that's where the Kevin system comes about. Mm-hmm. Everything, all his inspiration you know stems from the shed you want to play a game even the hide and seek when he's like you want to play a game he actually has the line yeah it was um th- okay there's a couple of lines that his line readings there it is the um it was mine before it was his when the mom finds the rubber ducky that w- left me cold yeah. i was just chilled to the bone yeah he was he had some just 
scary, scary line readings. It's, he was genuinely, it was almost like Cape Fear, where it's a classy movie, and someone who normally he's De Niro's the threatening guy. I mean, oh, yeah. he's a very intimidating, so you expect that. But this was almost that level of just intimidation. I'm not afraid of kids, but if they Kevin McAllister said some of that shit to me, I'd be like, ooh, you are a very dangerous kid, and I'm going to have to put you down, but I'm going to wait till then we cross that bridge. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, he was genuinely spooky. Yeah. I mean, he was very intimidating for a child, let alone to another child who just experienced a tragedy. And then the fact that, like, again, like you were saying, he was grandmastering shit. He's like, oh, I'm going to tell your mom. Okay, well, what are you going to tell her? Mm -hmm. Like... Uh, this who they gonna who is she gonna believe her own son or this crazy new kid that's old that just lost his mom and is freaking out you know every step of the way he was a habitual shit talker and, and a line stepper exa- mad line stepper he was like stepping and dancing all over it and the fact of the matter is everybody else in town was just believing his bullshit because he was this angel haired moppet. And another through line between last week's bloody birthday and this week's The Good Son, the prominence of the blonde hair with our bad kids. I'm telling you, you Cronenberg them all together and you wind up with Kevin McAllister. Well, and they look as good as they do, excuse me, because this is shot by John Lindley. And some of the establishing mm. shots that he did, not only in... Um, Arizona or Tucson or wherever the fuck where they were at because it was gorgeous, but it was the Southwest and all the mountains. It looked good. But when they went to Maine or Connecticut or whatever, it was gorgeous. The the way he shot the better fucking come into play at some point in time or I'm going to be mad. At multiple points, I was like, I want to see that little creep dangling off one either the cliff of contemplation <laughs> or the which, Rello Row. Yes. <laughs> one way or the other, man. I needed some dangling at this point. And... I'm looking actually the director of this film, Joseph Rubin. Oh, oh snap! Okay, I was. Oh snap! I, he's this is he's no stranger to Nightmare Junkhead, and especially over on Patreon. Recently watched The Stepfather for the first time. Ah. Directed The Stepfather. Hmm. Directed Sleeping with the Enemy. I was gonna say this. Uh, this has that you know that whole run of the '90s where it was Sleeping with the Enemy. Yes. And like oh, those yeah. big budget thrillers, yes, with like or like the hand that rocks the cradle. It makes sense. It makes total sense. And then he also he directed Dreamscape, really with the big snake monster. I've seen Enter the Dragon fifty times, man. Yes. Oh, he's got a hell of a pedigree. It makes sense why this film works as well as it does. Yeah, it does. And you think about the kind of the cross genre stuff that he's done. That's really, it's got a nice little white, little range there. I saw Dreamscape in the theater, and I saw Sleeping with the Enemy in the theater. You saw Dreamscape in the theater? I did. That's rad. Yeah. That, that's some good credibility there, that, that, that un, unhinged street cred there. But I haven't seen that since then. It's, I gotta uh, check it out. I think Scream Factory put a Blu-ray out of that. Uh, then you know it holds up. Oh, yeah. well, well, maybe. We'll well, hopefully. We'll yeah. Might have to redo that for an episode. We'll find a way to do a theme Just around it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's, uh, other set piece. Mr. Highway. Motherfucker. The true connection into the puppet, the, the saw puppet. Right? Not only that mask was creepy, too, but, like, you know, you add that, you add the <laughs> Mr. Highway. He's over there on a little tricycle. You want to cause some traffic? You know, and sh- fucking shit up. And he's like, hey, let's go have fun with the, this big mannequin. Elijah Wood, I'd understand, hey, we're going to go do some cool stuff. But at the same time, like, I felt bad for him because... 
He was pinning him the everything that he did, especially that set piece of the highway crash. Ooh. That was spectacular. Yes, it was. I was waiting. I was waiting for in the background. Because it came out of nowhere and there was a lot. It was some final destination shit. Yeah, there's some car chaos going on in there and it's all practical. And that was the best part. And it's nice to have those kind of visceral reactions. Was like second DP George Miller just like crashes all over the place. Better him than Landis, trust me. But then the second set piece that comes in is the ice skating scene. And that's the other one I do distinctly remember because it's 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 a classic. Yeah. And it's and this and another reason this film could work totally as a double feature with Home Alone and the connective tissue between that and the Saw franchise is that it is set in the winter. This is probably on the offset with where Christmas is just in the distance there. Mm-hmm. So it makes perfect sense that maybe after his initial Run in the suburbs. He had to go and visit the other side of the family. You know, <laughs> he's in productive custody at this point. You right. know, away from the wet bandits. <laughs> uh, but the whole thing, though, though, that you know, and again, I can't do a walk in, but you know, the ice is gonna break, genius. It is, and, and it did. And you felt bad for that little girl because that little girl again is adorable. And it's that was the the part the Culkin that came in the the contract this time. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> that that was the Culkin that came in the contract. And I think there was another Cul- uh, Culkin in the contract when they showed the picture of the dead son, because the Whoa. picture of the dead son looked like a Culkin. So I think they had another picture of. Is a that Culkin. the prequel to the Good Son, the Dead Son? The, yeah. Well, and is it that's part course. two? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and and again, that's the whole thing that sets. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But <laughs> I. He is fucked up because he's even well, wearing that Freddy coat the whole time, and he's like yelling at people, saying like, "You know what? Who are they gonna fucking believe?" And he's like, "Well, I'm gonna go tell." And when when he's talking to his dad, and like, "Look, nobody here believes me. This kid is evil, and I need your help." And he goes, "Okay, Sheboygan, I'm coming to get you." Right? He goes, "But in the meantime, if nobody here believes you, because the mom, he tried to tell the mom, and the mom slapped the shit out of him." Yeah, she did. Like, what did you say? You know, you can't make blame my son. And they were just getting along hunky dory to the point where he goes, "My mom is." you we all she's part of us he was raised either buddhist uh hindu i think just mm-hmm. you know reincarnation <laughs> so then which he, i'm again we're good with that right 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 so but then he was like okay <laughs> and i think that's what did it that's really what set the trigger off when he was like oh yeah that's Kevin your McCall, mo- yeah that's your mother now and he's like holy shit and he's looking down at, he's looking down at the steps being all creepy kevin <laughs> No, but uh, the 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 where was I going with this? I don't even know where I was going. This movie has got me messed up because it was it, genuinely well, and again, terrifying. Well, not as terrifying, but the fact His that he Freddy he, coat he kept getting away with it. And you know what? The fact that, that no, no, I know where I was going with it. The, the ice, the ice, because the girl break. is trapped under the ice, and it was some like holy shit, she's gonna die, and he's just sitting there pretending to try and save her, and she's like, help me, help me, help me. And I was just like, you little fucking shit. And meanwhile, he's Elijah Woods running to get the dice and everybody's out of the way. And I'm like, Ugh, I don't know if I could. I know I will. I know now I wouldn't go on ice skates because <laughs> I would be right there going, genius is not a good idea. But I got to save that. No, you can't even swim. Why are you going to go on the ice and try and save a girl from freezing water? But she got saved. Thankfully, well, the fact that they kept holding Elijah Wood's character back, I was like, oh, he can't save them. And then finally the guys come in with the axes and axe through there. It was definitely good. There's actually a Metallica song called Trapped Under Ice. And I'm not going to lie. 
you know, you talked about mortality. That's why I paused there for a second. And where you're you, uh, drowning or burning, man, those are the ones that I fear the most out of anything. It's the drowning, especially. Oh, yeah. Because I, I can't swim. So drowning uh, fucking freaks uh, me out. So that's why I wouldn't go on. And that there's just fucking. something about that, like holding your breath for as long. You keep pulling the Leslie Nielsen. You yeah, know, like, I hold, hold my, my breath, breath for a long time. But, Plus, it's cold. Yeah, oh, Plus, that water oh, was cold. Oh, so oh, so oh, no matter what, oh. the, that little girl was in the water and it was some freezy shit. Yeah. But she gets saved, and what's the next thing he does when she's in the hospital again? He comes up there, and he's about to fucking suffocate her with the goddamn with the goddamn pillow. After they're like wrestling around, and she was choking him out. He was playing that whole classic like abuser. I was like, this kid's a goddamn wife beater, because he would like smack her and like, don't you fucking say anything. And like, I'm sorry, you know I love you. And I'm like, ugh, little shit, you gotta die. And again. Your not overall frustration, but your need for his comeuppance eventually. Yeah, right. It escalated throughout just as his escalations went. It's like Home Alone with Prince Joffrey. He was terrible. He was awful in this movie. Well, he does inevitably get his comeuppance. Um, the fact that he's fake crying. Oh, he's preparing himself. When he's like, you know what? Did, he even said, did you cry at your mother's funeral? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, so it's normal to cry at your mother's funeral, right? And then he goes... Why? And he goes, oh, I'm just getting ready. And you're like, you asshole. He needs to figure out how to replicate that kind of a feeling that human beings have because he's not a human being. He is. Because he, he, he was born in this eclipse of Saturn. Something's missing. Something is missing. Well, And from the get-go, with like I said, with his mask and the sharing of the mask, and he pops out like a Michael Myers, like you said at some point. A couple of times when There's... they're playing hide-and-seek and he comes out of the dark, I was waiting for a doo doon because he was like right there like goddamn slasher he's kind of hitting all the points of like the slashers and again this movie isn't going to end up in a lot of horror sections but man it's going to be a good gateway thing i think for Mm -hmm. a lot of people but even for me as a first time viewer this was a legit good fun film yeah there's enough dread and and sinisterness to qualify it as a scary movie Uh, and and said poor puppy that you know the site gets fixed unfortunately and then when they're dragging poor puppy away through the pet cemetery right into sometimes, the well again sometimes dead is better <laughs> it's it, and i like i said i was upset that he didn't get dispatched in the well because you know he gets the rubber ducky down there oh that rubber ducky scene oh when he goes when where you, did you get this where did you get this i was looking all over for it. this is robert your brother's when he died and he goes it was mine first yeah. He goes, well, where did you get this? It's mine. And then he freaks out. And I'm like, oh, you're fucking dead. Dude, he's, he's keeping a trophy. Yeah, he is. And it's... then when he was talking to the, when uh, Elijah Wood was like, hey, just go tell the doctor and she'll believe oh, you. No. And then the next thing you know, he's running to the, I mean, he goes straight there. And he, yeah. He did. And there's Macaulay Culkin. There's fucking Kevin going, oh, hello. It's good to see you. Did you come here? Did you come here to talk to her? Oh. And I'm like, you little fucking shit. Again, like, the listener, I'm kind of glad we saw this at home. Versus in a theater where I'd probably shh, shh, because because you'd probably get that visceral reaction because shit, and then I try to say it under my breath. Like, oh, shit. That's why the masks come into play. Actually, that's a good thing because <laughs> I can mutter under my breath, and I know no one's gonna hear it. It's... But then eventually, I'm like little shit. <laughs> well, you know what? There was actually this great escalation when I saw Carnival of Souls for the first time in the theater because there's a character in that movie. He's just despicable, and there was this lady in the theater, and she. She's a little inebriated, but her disgust with the character kept escalating. She just started just like verbally accosting him. And 
I was kind of shocked and that, that's not my thing. You know me. That's like I would be. But it kind of fit with everything because we we're all feeling we're like, F this guy. Right. Right. And then she just starts saying and she, she's like, I'm sorry, people. He's just affecting me. And we're like, it's OK. Just show yourself. But I kind of had that feeling with you where you're just like, F this kid, man. Fuck he that just, kid. He's just a little shit, man. And like, he wasn't, he was sinister and evil, but at the same time, you just want to fucking punch him. Just like Curtis, because he's got that <laughs> cocksure, like, huh. And he does little evil shit, and you're like, you little fuck. I just, uh, making people like think you're not like seeing what's going on, just mm-hmm. to hold the line to everybody. I'm like, ah, just. He just angered me. I know. I know. And it's Calm just like, right? I, I, so you're getting all wound up again. And I really enjoyed this movie. Again, like you said, this is a very fun, um, it's, sinister movie, but very chaste for what we would normally cover here on the on the, right. on the feed. Because he's really not. He's a killer of a kid. Because he killed a it's, kid. You know. So, well, and he's trying to kill other kids, but he doesn't kill anybody else except that poor dog. Well, and we've talked a lot about films that would pair that that would this would pair well with either as a double feature or part of a marathon, but. Again, given the archery aspect, you know, we need to talk about Kevin would be the next logical step after this. And again, if I don't know, have you seen that one yet? Not yet. It's Anne Ramsey. It's really good. Anne Ramsey? Like. Not Lynn Ramsey. (laughs) Kevin! (laughs) Jesus Christ. Now I'm all flustered and messed up. But. Also, obviously, the Saw franchise, anything that goes along with that. Yeah, no, I think you could have a lot of fun with this. Uh, yeah, this is a fun movie. Well, uh, I'd probably put it with uh, maybe Bloody Birthday because, again, a little oh, yeah. petulant shit. Oh, yeah, completely. And uh, maybe Home Alone just because, like, it. Because he, it's the natural progression. Because he's making weapons and he's coming up with schemes and plans. If he didn't get it at the end, he would totally go on and be some sort of sociopathic killer. You, you would be playing his game, and mm-hmm. you do not want to be playing mm-hmm. his game, genius. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. <laughs> so, final thoughts uh, on the Good Son. I just, I'm not 100% sure of the voiceover ending, that little, it was my blank, I'm like, okay, cool, I just kind of wish it would have ended, like, on the on the cliffs. We should talk about the Sophie's Choice moment. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that, as we both joking, like, she's still there's, hanging on to him? There's not even a choice. He just fucking tried to, spoilers, he just tried to fucking push you off the goddamn cliff. And I understand the motherly bond, sure. but you just realized, put two and two together, that he already killed your favorite son, and don't even try to pretend that he wasn't. All right? Yeah. Here, we already know the answer. He killed your favorite son, and he just tried to push you off the cliff, and you realize that everything that like Elijah Wood has been telling you is true, and you really have a good connection with Elijah Wood. You have Elijah Wood dangling on the Mount Doom in one hand, and you have fucking... And we were cracking Mount Doom jokes the whole fucking time. Yeah, don't, again, I'm glad we weren't yeah, in the movie we theater. Did, we, we were, but we didn't say it on here. I'm, sure that, I'm showing her strength. We're still convinced this was Peter Jackson's favorite film of 1993. Oh, that kid can climb, right? Because he's over there climbing. Walking. <laughs> walking through the mountains. I like the coat of his Jeep. And so... What if I made that little Home Alone kid looking like a golem? <laughs> Look at the way he rolls. Cause sure enough, they sure had to find like, my precious, and it was on top of like the cliffs. And I even made him like it's like fucking. He's trying to like take the ring away, right? Like yeah, <laughs> hmm. 
Kevin says Hobbit's trickster, right? And like fucking running around doing shit. And so like, oh. so she's got like little fucking Kevin McAllister in one hand, little Frodo Baggins in the other hand, right? There's not even a fucking choice. Just drop Kevin's ass right down to the drink. I mean, seriously, he can booby trap Davy Jones's locker. Like fucking just drop his ass. And sure enough, I like the way they pan down. And, like you see his dead body just and then it gets washed away to shore. And I'm like, good, good. Fuck that little shit. And then, but then, like, he goes off. The dad comes back, and I'm like, you should just fucking leave him there. It's a better fit for everybody. Go off back to Japan. <laughs> get back in that bag. Kitty, 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 right? And then, like, fucking Elijah Wood can grow up with the aunt and the little sister because the sister was cool, and he fucking always looked out for the little sister. And more, I'm not saying, like, happy family, but fucking it's a win-win. You know what I'm saying? That, and instead, we get a, we get the end where he's, like, looking off in the mountains back in Tucson by himself, not with the dad, because again, we don't know. Again, I don't know. I'm speculating that it might be like a wonderful, happy relationship. But he's, he's working to make sure he never has to be away from him again. Genius. But this, I know, but at the same time, they just fucking had the funeral. They just fucking had the funeral. So, like, don't you think your boy needs you fucking uh. the, the fucking uh, shrimp concern back in Osaka can wait, right? Take care. Take care of your boy. Don't be like Daniel Plainfield and there will be blood. I've abandoned my boy. Right? So, like, the, so then instead of, like, going away and leaving with the, the aunt slash mom and, like, the new little sister, just go off. But then uh. we wouldn't have this nasty, fun little 84-minute film. An hour, no, an hour and 27, 87 minutes. So, again perfect that's true it was very brisk that worked and for me hot it was oh. tension filled yeah no it, it played perfectly and again it's one i'm glad we we're able to you that you were able to revisit and i was able to experience the first time in this whole month of killer kids tiny tykes because i think from here on out it's probably going to get a little bit more severe i would assume and then he said don't fuck with me and it was kind of funny because when kids cuss it's hilarious oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kids and old people yeah Everyone in between, it doesn't matter if we curse. <laughs> right. But when the kids do it, it's, it's funny. It's funny. It's funny. Old people, even better. Mm-hmm. Even better. Um, really final thoughts there, genius? No. I'm glad we, we had to talk about that moment there. Uh, no, this has been a, been a blast to watch, and I, I think eventually people will come back around to it because it does play perfectly within his filmography because yeah. people go, oh, it's Elijah Wood. Oh, it's David Morse. I'm going to check it out. It's a great, like, midway point. Like, yeah. not even entry. It's a good entry point. But also, like, you know, sometimes you want to kick back and, and watch a good thriller. Because fucking Sleeping with the enemy's dope. You know? What Laura! was that? You, what was that one with Jennifer Lopez? Enough? That movie was Enough. dope, too. So, like, you know, shit like that. Hand the Rocks the Cradle? That movie's fucking dope. <laughs> There's a... Oh, good Lord. See, we could do a whole... That's going to be a month then. Yeah, we do. Of, Those like, adult- lifetime horror? Yes. Horror adjacent adjacent. Uh huh. No, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Now, uh, we're still kind of figuring out what we're going to put together for next week, although you can guarantee it will have uh, some killer kids, tiny tykes, something biting down at your ankles potentially. Mm-hmm. So until that time, this is Greg D. And I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Oh, shit. Shit.